0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and uh, we have a little bit of a change here today, which is I have a good friend who's I've known from the courts down at the gym, and uh, we just thought it'd be fun because we have this phenomenon that's sweeping the world. It's gone nuts. It's gone crazy. I just started doing it myself, and uh, I just... I just finally had to say, okay, enough. We, we have to figure this out. So I have uh, one of those guys that actually teaches this sport uh, on the program. So uh, welcome to the big show, Carlos.
1: Thanks a lot, Rick. Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
0: So uh, Carlos came on the show kicking and screaming, which is fine. That's uh, how a lot of my guests are actually. Um, so Carlos, how long have you been playing this, this phenomenon called pickleball?
1: I've been playing pickleball for about five years, um, and I've, I'm a tennis player, and still a very avid tennis player. So I, I love tennis. So I love a lot of racket sports, and pickleball is just—I started and just fell in love with it right away.
0: It it is an addictive sport, I have to say. Uh, now let's let's back it up a little bit for for some people that are are like me, like they don't maybe know a lot of the history about the sport. So do you know the origins of pickleball? Like where did it morph from? Because it feels like a hybrid of of like ping pong and badminton and tennis and and various other sports. Do you know the origin? Yeah,
1: I, I didn't know the origin before, but after a couple of years and hearing all these different urban stories and stuff like that, um, I did find out what the official origin was. Apparently, there was... Um, A gentleman in um, Washington uh, and he had his own island and his own house so you know he was well-to-do and he had an old badminton court basically on his property and he wanted to he just decided to try to develop a sport that was going to be very accessible uh, for his family and friends you know that people of all ages and athletic capabilities could do so yeah so basically put up a put up a net on his thing grabbed a couple um, wooden paddles that he had lying around from, from some old gym and uh, and a wiffle ball, and then they just started knocking it around, and that was its original ordin, origin. I don't know where the word pickle came from. Some have said it was his dog or something like that, or maybe they maybe, maybe they had too many beers that day. I'm not really sure. But um, anyway, it's, it is pretty funny. It's got a funny name, but bottom of the line is it's super fun, and I think that's why it's so big right now.
0: Well, it's it's interesting that you say pickleball because for me, when I first, uh, the reason I didn't go into it was I, you know, I consider myself uh, a bit of a player, so I I was like pickle pickleball sounds stupid, like it sounds ridiculous, and then all of a sudden. You know, I, I tried a few rounds actually up at Predator Ridge at that uh, inside court. Great court. And, and I just, I could not get over how much fun it was and, and how much fun I was having with pickleball. Like we should call it something else, I think. Yeah, but, it
1: should have been. <laughs> but it's too many years in now, I guess.
0: <laughs> and, and so now let's just uh, describe some of the rules. I, I think, again, for people that maybe have heard about it, I, I mean, how can you not hear about it? And and maybe they're not sure how it might work. So can you kind of give us a, a rough breakdown of how the game actually works?
1: Yeah, um, games are short, so they go up to eleven points, um, and it goes on um, your serve scoring. So um, similar to how I guess badminton or volleyball or squash even used to work, where you, your team you or your team only get a point when you guys are serving, um, and um, it goes from there, goes up to 11 points, win by two, um, and basically, I mean, basically as rallies, similar to any other court court particular sport, um, and you win that way, um, but there are a couple very specific um, rules involved. One of them is there's this line, again, pickleball has a lot of funny terms and names, so <laughs> there's this there's a little section at the front of the court called the kitchen. Um, The official name is actually called the non-volley zone, but everybody likes to call it the kitchen. And basically, you can't step in there and basically hit the ball out of the air or or volley it. And that is one of the the biggest rules that is very specific to pickleball. And that kind of basically prevents people to stand right in front of the net and hover over it and And be the most boring game of all time, (laughs) right? Um, But that particular rule makes the game very very interesting basically. So that is one of the biggest rules. And then I say the other biggest rule is that after um, the serving team serves, um, they can't rush to net right away. They have to let the first shot coming back bounce. And that gives the returning team the advantage because because they can basically get to net and basically be on the offense. Um, Those are the biggest two rules when I'm teaching new people. Mm -hmm. And as long as they get those two rules, they can Basically, start to play a real game almost right away, which is actually very unique to pickleball.
0: Well, what I'm blown away by is uh, the the different types walks of life that that play pickleball. Like, I mean, you you look around the courts, especially Parkinson. I know there's great courts up in Rutland. There's some tucked away pickleball courts all across the Okanagan. And what I'm what I'm happy about is the activity level of of all ages. And I was doing some reading up on uh, Pickleball last night, and the biggest growing demographic would surprise people, which is 18 to 24, which is shocking to me because we all think, okay, well, it's more of a, a 55 and up activity for, for seniors, but but it's actually exploding in the younger people as well.
1: Yes, it absolutely is. And obviously, it's well established in the, in the older age brackets, um, but it's picking up even more and more. As tournaments are getting even more and more popular, as ex-tennis players, college students, are now switching from tennis because they don't have a career there into pickleball to play in that full-time as a job, um, it's getting even more and more exposure. And even if you just kind of walk by our Kelowna Parkinson Recreation Courts um, in, the, in the weekday evenings, you'll see how busy it is and how more and more the demographic is changing And it's actually changing the game too. It's actually making the game even more um, athletic, Mm -hmm. a little bit more aggressive. Um, A lot of, again, a lot of uh, ex tennis players or badminton players are bringing those skills into a sport, into new shots. So it is a very exciting time for, you know, let's face it, a relatively new sport. You know, it, that hasn't been around really that long, really since only 1965, really. It, so it hasn't really been around that long.
0: So in uh, 2021 for Canada, there was 350,000, you could call it, registered pickleball players. In 2022, it was actually $1 million so the 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 growth of pickleball is is incredible because i mean that's that's 300 plus percent in growth and i think it just keeps getting better and better and better like when when we were setting up the podcast um one of the girls emily that works with us uh said oh pickleball oh, i just started playing that and and you could see her face light up like she was just talking about how much fun she was having playing pickleball but that's the the beauty of this really Odd name, sport.
1: Yes, exactly. And you're still going to get a lot of that reaction too. When I go back to Toronto, where I was born, um, it hasn't been totally developed in Ontario yet that much. So when I talk to friends about it, they're like, what, what are you playing? Um, um, And haven't even heard of it. But I'll tell you a little story. I literally yesterday, I met my real estate agent, Lee, in Global, and I didn't even know he worked there. And then he said, we were talking about how we're doing. And then I to- told him, oh, yeah, I'm playing tennis. I'm playing pickleball. Actually, I'm teaching a bit of pickleball. He's like, oh, you're playing pickleball? And then, yeah, we just started talking about people that he knew that played. And then I knew them because I know so many people in the pickleball thing. And then, you know, he wants to he wants to try it. And he's, a, you know, a very athletic, you know, late 30-year-old guy that have probably would have avoided this, you know, even wanted to try this sport because I thought it was for, you know, People that were old or his dad or his dad's dad or something yeah. like that.
0: <laughs> well, it it is funny because, I mean, when we talk about terms, uh, you know, obviously pickleball and then because uh, I, I like calling myself the big gherkin on the court, but it, it hasn't really caught on yet. Um, but <laughs> the other one is dinking, like talk about dinking, which, I, I again, it's just a ridiculous name for uh, a very large part of the actual game
1: yes yeah it's very silly name and don't ask i don't know the origin of the word dink you know why somebody would do that and put it into a sport but it is an important skill basically what it is it's hitting really soft shots that are not too high over the net that are landing um, very short in the court within that kitchen area that I kind of talked about earlier and basically the purpose of doing that is so that you're doing a a particular shot that the other team can't attack because a pickleball a wiffle ball doesn't bounce very high at all so it's hard to attack balls that are not above the net net level and so um, even the pro players, from pro players to even beginner players, it's important to learn this particular skill called dinking. And so if you can be a dinking expert, you know, um, then um, then you'll you'll do well at pickleball. But yeah, it's been pretty funny. There's a lot of play on words. There's shirts like live to dink and things like that, that, you know, uh, people will wear around and, I don't know, try not to get beat up at a bar by wearing that shirt. But um, but anyway, it's a, it, it is funny. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, you know, I'm, uh, I'm taking lessons from you and, and I'm finding it incredibly because I come from a racquetball background and my whole mentality is kill the ball. And yet in, in pickleball, it's more like a chess game where you're kind of trying to set up a play where you're trying to wait the other person out to make a mistake and then you can attack. But I'm, I'm struggling with uh, the whole backing off of, of of a game like this because my first instinct is if the ball is up, you want to smack it as hard as you can. But in, in pickleball, you have to keep the ball in.
1: <laughs> you do, yes. Patience is a virtue in pickleball and in many aspects in life. But definitely, definitely in pickleball, that is particularly the case. And that's kind of why when people ask me, Is pickleball going to give me an amazing workout or whatever else? And I say, it will give you a workout. It's not going to be like running a marathon. It's not a cardio workout when you're playing doubles. But it is like you just said, Rick, like a chess game when you start to play the game properly. Mm -hmm. And that makes it fun because then you – there's a lot of different strategies in chess, and hence in pickleball there's a lot of different strategies you can employ when you're playing different types of players.
0: So what's interesting is I had uh, the uh, ex-city manager on – and he was talking about Parkinson Rec Center and the fact that there's a big investment into that facility and it's you know it was it was brought up a lot during the election cycle cuz a lot of people were talking about well i think it's now 116 million dollar improvement and we were chatting back and forth and and i was you know like a lot of taxpayers going wow that that seems like a lot of money and where will the money come from and and he framed it very interestingly which was he said you got to start thinking about these amenities or these these structures as, as not just this this massive capital expenditure, but more like a part of healthcare. Because he said the more active people are, the less they're going to weigh on the healthcare system, which a lot of people might agree that it's it's currently going through uh, just a massive upheaval because you're just not getting the service, you're getting a lack of staff, a whole bunch of other things. So it seems like, you know, if you were to make a case for the city, um, and I'm not suggesting for a moment, but maybe more pickleball courts, potentially, uh, would add to our overall health and welfare and activity levels. Because you probably know a lot of, of people that they got their second chance at, at really activity when pickleball came around.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, A lot of players, you know, they can't play certain sports anymore. Maybe tennis is too tough on their body. They've now switched to pickleball. Um, Badminton, same type of thing. Tough sports sometimes on the body have switched to pickleball. And at least playing doubles, you know, they can still play it and play it at a a decent level. And if you do walk by the courts, and this applies to tennis as well because I'm an avid tennis player. But if you do walk by the courts in the summer, they are packed, fully packed. Um, all the programs are packed. The um, the um, Kelowna Pickleball Club is actually full. There were players on the wait list. <laughs> this also applies to almost all the tennis clubs in our city as well. So so the ex- expansion of racket of outdoor racket sports, mm-hmm. um, especially during the COVID uh, kind of period, um, really exploded, and now it seems to have held that way. It's not like people just started playing. Tennis or pickleball, and then they decided not to anymore because other restrictions opened up. They continued because they fell basically fell in love with it. So there's a huge. I feel I feel there's a huge need for more access to outdoor courts. Basically,
0: what's interesting about what you just said is the SPCA is you know is overrun with uh, dogs and and especially cats uh, from people that got pets during COVID. And now they're giving them up because they're like, okay, they don't really fit in our lifestyle. So there's different trends that started during COVID that didn't really have the horsepower that to continue through. I, I too, during COVID, um, when we were all told to basically, you know, isolate, don't, don't, don't even talk to anyone, don't invite anybody over, don't you dare. And I remember thinking, how? Because like anything, how do I get around that? So I bought a portable pickleball net and we started playing pickleball on the street, like just, you know, a bunch of friends. And and uh, and it was interesting because the amount of people that drove up and started watching the game, just big grins on their face. And, and, uh, and it was just kind of a fun way to spend during COVID when you couldn't ultimately do anything except ride a bike and maybe play some pickleball. So for me... It became my mental break. Was was playing this stupid, stupid game.
1: Exactly, exactly. And here's the here's the truth about it. If you walk by any pickleball court when things are going on, tell tell me what you're. Well, you're gonna hear this annoying sound: knock, knock, <laughs> knock, 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 over and over again. But you're also gonna hear laughing, mm-hmm. tons of laughing, screaming not of angriness, but of joy. Um, and that's what, that's what you hear. And so what does that tell you? Oh, my God, these people are having so much fun. And mm-hmm. some of these people are literally playing almost every single day. They are addicted, right? So um, I think that's just great for any sport.
0: Well, I, I think about economic impact, and uh, I, I think you've been to tournaments, and there apparently one day. I haven't been to a pickleball tournament, but I can only imagine... The, the boost that Kelowna or Vernon or Penticton or wherever would get if they were able to host such a thing. But I imagine you need something of, of a Parkinson-built uh, facility so that you would have a lot of courts available, you can get run through a lot of players, get through a lot of games. Is that kind of how a tournament would work? And, and where have you been to a tournament?
1: Yeah, so Kelowna has a massive tournament every single year as do some of the other big cities in the Okanagan and in BC and et cetera, et cetera, even across the country now. So, um, but yes, you need a facility with enough courts. So at Parkinson, there's 12 courts there, but they also adopt for that particular weekend the tennis courts and do a, do a manual lining and as well as the manual nets and then basically take it down after. So that's how many courts are needed when you have 300 plus members uh, 300 plus not members 300 plus players coming in and not just from Kelowna from BC outside the city even some from the states come in and this we're talking about coming into a small city so I think there is a huge econ- economic impact and exposure to Kelowna as well as running it in, in other places as well and um, and usually it runs over the weekend and but a, a tournament really for one particular division lasts one day but because there's all these different divisions ladies doubles mixed doubles, men's doubles, and singles. You know, usually the tournament lasts between Friday, overall between Friday to Sunday. So um, it, it's, it's an exciting time, hard to find parking, so <laughs> definitely want to bike there or something like that um, and use our amazing uh, Kelowna uh, easy access for different transit. Um, but it's it's something to go watch and see, even if you don't play
0: what's interesting from a standpoint of like accessibility is literally you need a racket you need uh running shoes or something some court shoes and a wiffle ball that's that's really not very expensive so i i don't know how much a racket would be for some people but are they like 75 dollars 100 dollars kind of thing is that how much a racket is
1: yeah i mean probably the cheapest ones you could buy you could buy um uh, really no-name-ish type of brands at, you know, Walmart, the entire things like that, if you really want the lowest entry, and that would probably somewhere be around $50 or something like that. Couple, couple paddles and a ball. And then when you start getting into a little bit more, probably a, a good quality starter uh, paddle. Um, uh, pickleball depots are our, our main store in Kelowna uh, mm-hmm. servicing our pickleball needs uh, would be somewhere around the $100 mark and then going up from there of course <laughs> yes it can be yes with addiction of a sport comes addiction to buying gear so yeah, everybody beware <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's funny too because you start looking at gear bags and then you start looking at other rackets and then you start looking at well, what what's that ball do well that's an indoor ball and that's an outdoor ball and then all of a sudden. Okay, do I need a glove? Like, it, it just keeps exploding, and then of course I'm gonna need to wear some some logoed gear, yeah. and then it just keeps going for that. But I, I think my my Instagram feed is figured out. I like pickleball, and I'm seeing these massive tournaments in the U.S. Like, and and Mark Cuban just bought a pickleball team, and and it just seems to be, it's a sport that I I think fundamentally is trying to find, um, I don't know. Uh, a validation, almost. It seems like this this channel that keeps popping up on my feed keeps going. See, Mark Cuban wants a pickleball team, so we're we're real. Exactly. <laughs> and and is it looked at? I, I think I read something about it's being looked at for Summer Olympics as well.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard about that part, but you know about the um, I guess we'll call it um, pickleball uh, teams or mm-hmm. or the leagues that they're that are existing right now. Um, Yeah, there's like some basketball, you know, basketball players, Kevin Durant, I think might have bought (laughs) one. And um, which is really interesting. But obviously, there's, there's a view of a of a particular opportunity and need here be like, hey, this could be um, a very popular TV ish type of televised sport, where some of me really not felt that it could be serve that particular purpose. But obviously, there's certain people that are kind of uh, leaning that, leaning particular that way. And I think the the format they're going with those ones, it's kind of like a team. It's like, it's like a team environment, almost like Davis cup tennis type of thing <laughs> yeah. where um, uh, it's not just, you know, these two guys playing singles and one, there's going to be one winner, right? It's going to be how the whole team does in this particular format. So um, should be really interesting to start to watch it in a, in almost a bigger capacity. So,
0: uh, we're going to be talking more about pickleball. We're just going to take a quick break, but before we go, uh, do you have print needs for your business? I bet you do. D six print studio on Lecky road has large format printers to service your every need. And Hey, maybe even get a, a pickleball logo put on your vehicle. You, you don't know. Like, I mean, that might be kind of fun. Um, we also have, uh, Kelowna now has an auction, uh, find it at clonanow.com. Get lots of good stuff. Maybe pickleball rackets. Uh, Want more local talk, then you're in the right place. From 6 a.m. to to midnight every day, we talk about local issues with local people, with stuff that matters, news at clonernow.com. Okay, back in a bit with more pickleball chatter. Rick here with Carlos De Rosa, and uh, we're talking about pickleball because, again, if if anybody has uh, not seen, it's kind of exploding in popularity. And we were chatting a bit about the Olympics, and it looks like... Based on the minimum threshold for a sport to be real in the Olympics, it looks like it could be 2024-2028, Carlos.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be so cool to see it there. Um, I know a lot of sports pro- probably have, you know, been in that in that uh, pitching battle to try to get into the Olympics there. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, if it happens. But uh, I think it'd be uh, a, a great uh, great sport to watch on the Olympics.
0: Is there any kind of, I mean, you teach a lot of people how to play, um, is there a particular trait or personality you need in order to play the sport? Like, is is there, I mean, obviously, I'm learning patience, <laughs> that would be one of them, but is there other personality traits that you see that make you maybe more successful in this game?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and I do teach a lot of, uh, I've taught people that have not played any racket sports before, I've taught some that um that have obviously come from from some type of racket background usually the most successful ones have been if they've had some type of racket background mm. that does help a lot kind of getting started um and then basically a real mindset to really want to learn and expand Right. Uh, because it is a very different and unique sport as well with mm. different, although it has some similarities in other ones, it also has very it's, its own uniqueness as well. And you will have to go through a learning phase of uh, failure. So that is the way the sport is. When I started, um, I started whatever five years ago, and even though I played tennis, it was still a new sport to me, so I started playing at the YMCA in Rutland, and uh, repeatedly got my butt kicked by a seventy-four-year-old guy, <laughs> over and over and over, until I eventually learned, uh, you know, how to um, to start playing a little bit better. But that was okay because I I had the right mindset. I'm like, this guy's better at better at it than me, and but I'm learning, and I'll get better and better. And so he was really my, you know unofficial coach at the start by repeatedly beating me over and over, but he was so, he was so nice. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be the key. Like if it's a sport that you, um, really want to get better in, um, you do have to learn patience. Uh, mm-hmm. you will at, at some point in time, um, beyond, beyond the, just the skills element, be open, you know, to challenging yourself, yes. playing with better players, and, and also learning the value of also playing other players that are just starting um, because you can still always practice certain things, which is kind of what I kind of try to teach my students.
0: Is there a, a drill or anything that people that are just picking up the game that you might suggest to them to get better at the game quickly? Is there like tapping a ball against a wall or how would somebody get better if they're just starting just starting out kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah definitely hitting against a wall. You know, it definitely can work for pickleball, and again, you can do it anywhere, right? You can find a school wall and hit against, uh, you know, right right in there, right in the in the lot in the school lot. Um, so that's a great way to do it because it that's just it, a pickleball does have different feel. Uh, the paddle feels different. The ball feels different. They feel different when they hit compared to any other racket sport. So even just that part is just learning that particular element of how hard you need to hit it or how soft you need to hit it um takes repetition so that's that's a great that's a great way to start aside from of course you know taking uh uh taking a lesson or Mm. or or just start starting starting to play with friends and things like that but definitely this is a particular sport of repetition you know if you want to get better uh you will need to do uh, you do need to do some type of repeats of some sort, whether it's a repeating of games or if you are if you want to practice your drills or things like that. Um, but that's how you're going to advance in the sport. And that's okay too. Some people, you know, they may not want to advance. You know, they might not be that competitive. And I think that's what makes pickleball so fun. You can be very beginner, still play a game, mm-hmm. still have rallies and still be laughing and joking. And if you're cool with that, then, then there's nothing wrong with that either.
0: My uh, wife and I are heading up to Sparkling Hills in the next uh, month here, and and I'm looking forward to, you know, there, there's not very many sports that some couples can play, and it's very social. And this is one of those great sports that, you know, no matter what's going on, we can both kind of tap the ball around and, and, and with another couple. And I find that is a really interesting aspect is the, the social aspect of the sport. You can even hold a beer while you play. Um, but, but that's kind of the part that I think is why it's being so popular and, and with the, um, uh, the population. So I, I just pulled this up. Generational portrait of Canada's aging population from the 21 census. Uh, so 17.6 is Generation Z. Uh, 19.7 is, is Baby Boomers millennials 33.2 so they're making up a bigger part and generation x is 29.5 percent. so i can see you know it's first time in history that uh the, the baby boomers are not the biggest part but they have the money they have the time and they're looking at oh and, and that's probably part of the reason why it's exploding in popularity because that's who i see on the parkinson rec center of course.
1: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of baby boomers are retiring earlier, right? This is a new trend that's happening as well. People are retiring earlier. Well, probably going to be playing pickleball.
0: So let's talk about the respect and courtesy that I'm, again, I'm I'm still relatively new to the sport, but there's a calling a ball out or, or there's certain courtesies. Do you want to just talk a bit about um, some of those things that, that s- surround the sport?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them apply to many of the other racket sports, but then a lot of them are well. I guess in some of us who have played racket sports a long time, should be common sense. But it, you know, it, it is good. It is good to kind of clarify them. Um, calling out the score every time you're serving. Again, it's very easy to forget the score, so you don't want to have kind of that.
0: Um, so let's call out the score. So so if if I have seven points and you have six points. Because you know I'd like to beat you at some point, but I, uh, so seven six. But then um, if we're playing doubles, there's another number there. Yeah. Maybe explain that.
1: Yeah. So in pickleball, you um, call the um, you always call your score first, mm-hmm. and then your opponent's score. But then you also call uh, because in pickleball, when you're playing doubles, each team gets to serve. Um, each player of on that particular side gets to serve one time each. Basically, so you'll call either one. If it's your, if it's one player's first serve or two, which is the second player serve. So Rick, you would say basically seven, six. And if you're the first server, you'd say one, seven, six, one. Okay. And so that's a really important thing to call out because again, if you don't call it out, may not remember who, if you guys were on your first serve or second serve. So that's an important courtesy call. And actually that's a, in a tournament when you're, um, roughing your own game, it's a must. You have to do it. Otherwise, um, it could be challenged by the other team. And then when you're playing a game that's actually refed, so it actually has official refs there, mm-hmm. um, the ref will always call the score before uh, the point is started. In fact, if you start a point before the ref has called it, you've actually created a fault for your team, and you'll lose. You'll lose, there
0: Interesting. So, and and if we're playing, do you, and and the ball lands you know, on the line or close to it or whatever. And so let's say that you and I, um, who calls that? So if it lands on your side, do you call that or do I call that?
1: Um, always the, 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 the ball, um, the team where the ball is on would be calling it. So oh, if you okay. hit a shot on my side and I thought it was out, mm-hmm. I would call out. Of course, in just regular ethics, if I'm not sure, I you know should not call it out. It's in, so it's only if you have hundred percent certainty that you know it was out would mm-hmm. you would you call would you call it out? That would be the the basic one. And then in ref games and tournaments, obviously there's refs there actually calling the lines. So
0: okay, so if and and what I've often uh, done, and this is just a, a thing that I, I play singles as well. If we're both not sure and we're we're kind of you know well maybe it touched the line or maybe it didn't we replay the point? Is that is that something? I don't know if that's real or not, but that's something we do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's good at the um, at the fun level, you know, two two buddies playing. Um, mm-hmm. In a tournament setting, um, then it always defaults to the uh, um, to the uh, being in if you're not sure. Basically. Oh, okay, interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay, because that's that's the other part of uh, I guess respect in sports too. Absolutely, and and I love playing with people that are competitive. But they're fair, like, and I think that's the key is is being fair, because then you want to get invited back.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Most pickleball players are fair, but <laughs> hey, let's face it: in every single sport, you're always going to have um, you're always going to have some that want to win a little bit more than the the having fun part. So,
0: so as people advance, there's there's two particular shots that I think are very interesting for they make for great TV. If, if, if it was ever televised, and, and I think it is. Um, the one is jumping across the side of the kitchen and then making a shot around the post. Do you want to just explain those two?
1: Yeah, so um, the first one, again, another funny pickleball name, is called the Ernie. And I don't know, maybe it's some guy named Ernie who invented it or did it. I don't know. We don't want to question these things. But basically what that is is... Again, you can't step into the kitchen line to to hit it in the air, but you can jump over the kitchen line and hit it in the air, even if it's you know very close to the net. So if you're if you time it well and if you're athletic enough, you can jump over the kitchen, so landing di- diagonally outside, even outside the court, and hit the ball while while it's in the air, even if that ball would have would have potentially bounced in the into the kitchen zone. Okay, so that so shot's called the Ernie. So it's a, the definitely Ernie. a surprise deception shot, and it'll, that'll be a finishing shot. You either make it or you,
0: or Do you look don't like make it? it. you look
1: really like an <laughs> idiot. Which yeah, usually you fail more than anything in that
0: particular shot. It's a high risk. So so yeah. and and is there a name for the other shot, which is around the post?
1: Yeah, that one's uh, called an ATP. So around the post. That's the acronym. Oh, I love the acronym. Yeah, I love the acronym <laughs> ATP. Um, so that shot is basically yeah, you don't have to um, hit it over the net. So if the ball's uh, very wide, mm-hmm. and then there's a there's a clear linear path uh, of the ball. To get to the other court, mm-hmm. um, but not having to go over the net, you can do. You can basically do that. So you can basically go and skim it right. Or, you know, right, mm-hmm. nice and low, and pretty much it'll be an almost unreturnable ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's it's tough to dig that one up. Exactly, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. So, in in your estimation. Um, because I I was reading about this again, Instagram has figured out. I love this this game called pickleball. Um, there was a team that went into a tournament and they they won the finals because all they did was lob. And uh, there was you know controversy in pickleball, which was is it is it right to lob or not to lob? And uh, and you know I was reading. I, I'm always amazed at the comments that come out of something like that because. People said, hey, if you don't like the, the heat, stay out of the kitchen or, you know, there's a bunch of other things. But but it, it was interesting to me that the lob is one of those things that you, you can use as a defensive, but this team used it to their success. What are your thoughts on just lobbing constantly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I'm open to all strategies, right? And some may differ uh, in this point of view. Uh, I don't think pickleball has to be played in a particular way to be successful. Mm -hmm. Why not change the way you play it depending on who you're playing against? And so hence, um, historically, maybe let's say five years ago or before that, hitting hard driving shots was not really uh, well thought of. Right? You, right, you should always hit soft ones. You should always try to get to net. Well, why? You know, why? Why do you have to do one thing or the other? So, uh, if you're playing against players that don't like lobs, why not lob? If you're playing <laughs> against players that don't like um, hard shots at their at your body, mm-hmm. well, go ahead and do it. You, you know, you're not going to kill anybody with a pickleball. Uh, so, um, you know, I am always up for it, as long as you're playing nice, fair game, mm-hmm. um, employing different strategies. So good on those guys if they're able to hit effective lobs and win a match because actually the, it is very difficult to it is. lob yeah. in pickleball and keep it in because the ball flies off the paddle and you can't generate as much spin on a pickleball than you can in other sports like tennis where you can hit topspin lobs. Um, you can hit a topspin lob in pickleball but it's just a lot harder. So, right. And the court's smaller so it's very easy to hit it out.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got a couple last questions. One is is it possible to make a living either playing pickleball like pro pickleball if that's a thing or you know you i know you instruct and we're not going to get into your compensation or anything but but is it possible to kind of do you see it emerging as a potential um place for people to look at as playing pro or or touring or like is that even a thing now or do you think that's way off in 10 years from now
1: yeah, it's already a thing right now in the U.S., we, where pickleball is is very very well developed, mm-hmm. right? So um, there are, yeah, basically professional pickleball players. They they are playing uh, as a career. Uh, it's not making them millions of dollars, you know. <laughs> uh, let's let's face it. Um, maybe at some point in time, it will get to that point. But they are sponsored, you know, by big brands like Selkirk or Paddle Tech or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so hence, they're getting their gear. They're probably getting, you know, some type of other financial compensation. Uh, prize money at pickleball tournaments, again, right now, still under, you know, still lowly developed. So they're not big prize money, but there is prize monies. Um, so you definitely, there is, a, there is a space for for um, a career in professional pickleball. Not in Canada right now, but, mm-hmm. in, but in the U.S. Yeah, but in teaching pickleball, I think there's absolutely a career. Again, I'm just doing it for fun on a little side thing. But um, um, there are so many students, uh, people keen to learn and wanting, you know, help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows, you know, how much uh, how much they want to improve in this particular area. Um, and I think there's actually, uh, at least where we are, a shortage of pickleball coaches um, that. Um, you know, that have that desire to basically help people. So, um, so yeah, I see that as a space, you know, for, in the future, uh, and it is right now anyway.
0: Fantastic. Listen, uh, Carl, today has been a, an absolute joy, and I thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy teaching a lot of pickleball. So uh, it was fun to get you on the program, and I thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Rick. That's awesome. Anytime.